brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, now we're live. We weren't live, and it didn't play the intro. So uh, well, hi. I saw how about the intro. that? Yeah, yeah. Well, good well. evening, folks. Welcome to the Sasquatch Experience. It's me, your host, Sean, the Fort Chop Forker. That's James Baker, Henry oh, May, oh. and Vance Nesbitt. As we bring you, once again, another episode, Season 4, Into the the Missing Phenomena. Tonight, Vanished, Missing in Washington oh. State. And guys, had a great episode with Seth Breedlove last week. It was nice to have Seth on, which is kind of funny because... You know, speaking of Washington, you talk about the Olympic Project and you talk about the Olympic National Forest and the Olympic Peninsula and some just crazy things that are happening out that way that Derek Randall's and the team, Shane Corson, are investigating and putting out there. Some great, brilliant stuff with nests. And, uh, you know, I really feel like those guys are onto something out there. Very proud to call them, uh, you know, some of my favorite researchers to follow. Just a, it's an interesting place, especially when you start coupling it with missing people. Mm-hmm. And again, we get into this before we start off. We're not saying there's a connection. We're just saying there's a possibility. Of, well, I'm not saying it. The other ones may. I'm not saying it, but uh, that's where we're at. But a good evening, guys. How are you now that I went off in that little verbal, you know, uh, oral diarrhea there? How you doing, Joe? I'm good. I figured that's the word he'd pick up on too. Is mm-hmm. oral. Mm-hmm. Henry, um, how you doing? Nah, he's all right. He's good. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. He's now he's that's moving. A, Are you a, sure? Listen, it's not live if we don't have a technical difficulty. Henry, if you're alive, give us a thumbs up. Henry, okay, he'll catch up. I'll do the thumbs up for him. Standing in for Henry May, we'll be there. there it is. All right, very good. All right, Vance, let's get started with this. What do you got? What do I got? I still love ground, so every day above ground's a good day. How about it? <laughs> Are you sure true. you're above ground? <laughs> but sometimes when you don't move, I, I got to remind you because they're going to start throwing dirt on you if you. Oh man! <laughs> <Your> poor, <laughs> poor Henry gets frozen. There, but now he's now he's unfrozen. So we got uh, Henry on Henry unthawed. There we yeah, go. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Keep All him right. Warm. What have we got? Well, as far as the missing goes, which is a fascinating subject within itself, considering the fact, like you gave your own personal disclaimer, we're not saying that Sasquatch has anything to do with this. But it certainly is an outlet for explaining a lot of the missing. And with a large number of children that have gone missing up in over a hundred, yeah, <laughs> up in the uh, it, it, like you mentioned too, in the Olympic, uh, you know, it, it's a fascinating place. There's a lot of mystique, there's a lot of mysteries that are still unsolved in that entire area with people that have gone missing, and yeah, again. Who's going to hold the responsibility torch to locating these people or giving any kind of an explanation? There well, you know, I, you know, in an odd coincidence, as we sit here and talk about missing people in Washington State, there's an active Amber Alert in progress, really, you know, right now well, in uh, uh, Starbuck, Washington, hmm. uh, in the area of Columbia County. It's 
you know, it's sad, you know, an Amber Alert, of course, meaning that there's a perpetrator involved. Right. Uh, you know, so a potential perpetrator. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, these are the potentialities that you run into when you discuss these missing person cases. But there are so many where there's no explanation, no trace of a body, clothing, nothing, as it's as if this person was just literally taken and pulled off the face of the of the earth. Right. Well, a lot of these cases, and I would say probably about 99% of these cases, it's sudden. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll have a child or a person within proximity or goes to attend whatever activity in these areas. And then within a matter of a blink of an eye, they're gone. And yeah. there's witnesses and then you have- to that fact, too. And then you couple just the regular missing people cases that, you know, funnel through the Washington State Police, but then you also have the indigenous people mm-hmm. that uh, disappear, right? And then that right. creates its own other step of bureaucracy mm-hmm. because you have tribal police involved. If mm-hmm. it happens on tribal land, if it's a tribal member and it happens off, you know, tribal land, they're still notified, though they don't have jurisdiction. And you start getting into the jurisdictional issues, you know, mm-hmm. where it goes to like your tribal police, local county state and then fbi uh, when an fbi gets involved in in a missing person's case so i think some of the problem that they have uh particularly in in washington state is that issue right there's a lot of bureaucracy involved and there's no central computerized system Mm -hmm. where they capture and collect all this evidence and guys as we find out from talking about this you know these different spots across the country that's not uncommon there is no like centralized data processing in a national park system that communicates right. parks system that communicates with law enforcement and so on and so forth. It, I think really, if we could fix the infrastructure uh, and get something going on, that that could help you know potentially find or solve some of these missing people cases. Right. No, and I agree with you too. But, but um, you know, there ahead, are George. egos involved. Yeah. Go ahead. Indeed. Big. Well, and that was what I was going to get. Is it's not as much the infrastructure, like. If you look at, like, our local community, like, I know some cops in Muncie. I know some cops in South Williamsport. I know some cops in Williamsport. I know some people on the federal level, different things. They don't want to talk to each other because they might be doing something they don't want the other guys to be aware of or to slow that down. Or they just don't want to give somebody else credit for helping them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, we always talk about the conspiracies of 9-11. But a big part of the reason when 9-11 got pulled off was because the CIA and the FBI chose not to talk to each other, you know? Well, yeah, we're not going to get political. It, there was no, a, there was a political mm-hmm. wall put between the two of them. They didn't choose not to talk to each other. There was a political wall blocking them from talking to each other. Right. And I think a lot of this has to do with... I want the notor or the notoriety of being the one that solved this case. The same problem that happens in the Bigfoot community. I want to be the one that actually discovers the Bigfoot and has the evidence and the proof of it. Where we're pushing others away that might have evidence and nope, this is my domain, this is my sphere, this is my little bubble. I'm working in it, and nobody else will come in to help. And so again, you know, I brought up the word ego. I think that has a lot to do with uh, well, a lot of these missing cases. And it could, right? From jurisdictional issues to a lack of information to really boils down to a lack of real concrete evidence uh, of, the, of you know, being able to locate people. Hell, you talk about at times uh, there's no scent, mm-hmm. nothing for, for search or track dogs to catch on and go after, which in itself is very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh Bad weather, you know, bad weather. Like you go into the whole missing four on one phenomena, and I, I hate to call it the missing four on one phenomena because David Polites, what he did is he took a, 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 some tenants, like a list of commonalities between all these cases, put them in a list, and said if you can check these off, they all fall within this puzzle. And I respect that because there are an awful lot of similarities there, more than what I would say would be a coincidence, right? A coincidence. Mm-hmm you know, wouldn't happen as often as this does. And if, if, you know, look at some of those points for the, uh, for, you know, the missing four and one, they happen. Mm-hmm. But well, these break, people, 
Yeah. You got a hundred missing kids. That's just kids. That's not counting regular people. A hundred mm-hmm. missing kids in the state of Washington. At least twenty-five missing uh, indigenous people. You know, one person missing is too many. Right. Yep. But you're talking about a, a large number of people, and that's just in one state, not counting all the people that go missing every day. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and gotta I be find that you know, there's. I have a hard time with the fact when the indigenous that live in the area go missing and there's no notoriety to those cases at all. The notoriety comes into the tourism that comes in and goes missing. That's where the search ramps up and goes hot and heavy to try to find that person. But yet the indigenous go missing and it's like, okay. Um, I have a problem with that because there's so many cases of those that are the indigenous people that live in the area, or even if you don't want to refer to them as indigenous, but they their family lineage had been there for years. And if one of them goes missing, there's just seems to be no traction as far as trying to find recovery in media coverage, as far as the press is concerned, as far as search and rescue is concerned. But if you have a family from Iowa drive out there in their motorhome and their child yep. goes missing, all of a sudden it's all over all their local news stations, if not national news stations, that this child is gone or this individual is gone. I think that's kind of unfair. Right, but can I ask I ask a question of is, um, so you look at, I'm going to use uh, Friday the 13th as a reference. You looked at, if you watch the recent one, this guy's sister and her friends get murdered by Jason. He's the only one looking for it. The local cops kind of looked for her. But like all the neighbors to the lake said she ain't missing. She's dead. You don't walk certain places. So the question is, is do some of the locals know, hey, um, we're just going to give up on this person because we understand this is like the fifth person in five years and we know these things happen compared to me, a guy that's not local there that says, hey, my sister's missing. I don't care how many people are going to tell me this. I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep mm-hmm. showing up with more people. The unlocal guy, you know, and I can even reference from my personal life. I lived in one of the worst projects in Johnstown. And the thing was, is that they left me alone because I didn't live in that area naturally. And secondly, I left them alone. There would be, yeah. you know, weird stuff up the street or whatever like that. And those people would be like, no, we're not going to mess with him. Not because I was threatening or whatever, but because not being a local meant that if they did something stupid to me, there could be people from outside of the community coming at them. Notice it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point. It's still unfair, though. Yeah. Oh, it's hell, still it's unfair, unfair to the indigenous. Um, well, we didn't care about them when we were making them non-indigenous. <sighs> yeah. You're not okay. wrong. Yeah. But that's a whole different political yeah. spectrum that I, yeah. I didn't want to jump into. I just think that My you know, oh, but the lack of respect is one, what's good yeah. for one should be good for all. That's all. Oh, but you know, yeah. that's a point We're that was made. Race. That's a point that was made when that uh, Gabby, you know, the social media right. influencer, went missing. You know, we spent right. so much time focusing on a certain group of people that right. there's a whole, you know, uh, you know. There's a whole category of folks that have gone missing that nobody's cared as much about. Mm-hmm. And it's not being political. It, you know, it's just making a point that, mm-hmm. you know, a missing person is a missing person. That's right. the only thing that should matter. Right. Yep. Nothing else that should matter uh, until we find find that person. And look, I've had my own issues the last few weeks with with uh, certain things uh, surrounding that. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not an uncomfortable position to be in when you need help. And all of a sudden, because you mention a somebody's race, all of a sudden they're not as important. Right. That's all I'm saying. And, and it happens. Yeah, it does uh, happen. But, you know, you look at uh, Washington itself, you go to the BFR website, 701 Bigfoot sightings. It's like three times as much as any other state that's listed in the BFRO database. Mm-hmm. Uh, very wooded, st- you know, wooded state, very frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, in its remoteness, if there's a place Bigfoot's going to exist in the United States, it's definitely going to be Washington State. Right. Uh, and very and, true. You know, there's just, 
aside from, you know, trying to, you know, make the correlation that, uh, you know, Sasquatch is responsible for the missing people, just participating in everyday activities in the areas, you know, in the wilderness areas is perilous in itself. Uh, it could be a great cause of as you know, the, the reason is to many of these missing people sightings. I'm not saying it's the only thing, but the, you know, treacherousness of the terrain on yep. the varying levels of experience between the people participating in those activities probably has an awful lot to do with that. But mm. because of that, there's an awful lot of people engaged in search and rescue in, uh, in Washington state. Mm -hmm. uh so derek randall's of course being one of them and i you know without getting into the one case we're going to talk about after the news break mm -hmm. because the news break vance has it set up well it's going to carry us into that uh there's some strange things it's right. strange things happening I mean, right. you know, this one article i pulled up vance 25 people in yakima county on updated list of missing indigenous people and that's just on the yakima reservation um an awful lot of people and you know one of the things they they haven't ruled out is you know potential serial killer right uh as a reason that this could happen but yeah county in itself 21 reports listed in the database so you know and this thought crossed my mind too so a serial killer is going to remove the body away from the possessions in which these people bring with them which is would be pretty much the same thing a sasquatch would do Remove the person from the personal oh. property. Now, how many cases do we find where the property or the campsite or the vehicle and the possessions, the purse, the cell phones, the shoes, whatever it may be, is so far separated from if and where the body has been discovered? And that's where it gets fascinating, right? Because mm -hmm. you'll, you'll find a random shoe. Mm -hmm. three miles from the place you know you find another part of their possessions seen, right, yeah right now you know you have the you know the the reasoning that pretend perhaps hypothermia set in and as you know as people become hypothermic for some reason the body starts signaling for you to start shedding your clothes mm -hmm. and you know you have that uh that probability of something happening too but man i've I never been in that know. state though you know, to say, no, okay, me I've been I, hypothermic yeah. where I'm feeling like I'm overheated and I need to, you know, get naked in the snow uh, might make for an interesting article. But other than that, I think people <laughs> have been found nude. Run naked the other in the snow. <laughs> right. But it, it's a strange physiology reaction to have that. I have, like I said, I haven't had that experience to say because when I'm cold, I'm cold, and it seems I just keep getting colder and shiver more and more and more. I don't ever have that sensation of, boy, am I hot. No, not really. Fourth highest rate of missing people, Washington mm -hmm. State. Yeah. The fourth right. highest. Right. That's pretty high. And I know when we set out to do this, we were going to do a lot of episodes. But, folks, I can tell you, just from the experience of doing these episodes, it gets a little depressing. Mm-hmm. Like well, sure putting yourself in this mindset, reading about these missing people, you know, the amount of empathy that we have for, you know, not trying to sensation, being very careful not to sensationalize mm. these people and their, their stories to promote a podcast to talk about Bigfoot. That's, that's right. not the whole reason we did this. We did this to, you know, is there, can you paint a picture? Can you make the connection between the two? In some instances you can. Last show we did when we're talking about Grand Canyon, you know, the, the Mogollon Monster, a little harder to make that connection, I think. But you go right. to the Smoky Mountains, you could definitely make a case there, especially with the, you know, Dennis Martin story. And you have the mm -hmm. Keys family and their observations. Right. Not a lot of those, though, in Washington. Right. Right. And you'd think that perhaps because it is a very Sasquatch-centric, you know, Bigfoot popular state, you know, unless I missed a memo somewhere, don't really hear a lot of stories like that. No, but then let's also take a look, too, that, you know, in my opinion, I would assume that throughout the at least the lower 48 states, and we'll include Canada in that, too, that these bipedal creatures probably have uh, a different physiology from those on the West Coast as to those on the East Coast and may have a different mentality or aggressiveness or non-aggressiveness 
and maybe missing cases are different throughout the country. Whereas, yeah, you might have a lot of cases and we have very famous cases that happen up in the Pacific Northwest, as opposed to what happens in the Adirondacks or in the Smoky Mountains. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a different type of uh, personality of this creature. Kind of you know, like I tell the brown bear versus the grizzly. Mm -hmm. I tell you, one, one report that kind of struck at me when I was going through this uh, it was from August of 96 on the BFRO website uh, by a lady named Linda Durrell. She reported it April 13th, 1997. I'm sorry. I got the year wrong. Mm -hmm. But it was in the summer of 96, and she and her daughter were driving along, uh, you know, looking down at the river, looking for deer and eagles, and they see this dark figure at the edge of the water behind some bushes. And, uh, you know... I'm not going to read the whole report because I, I, you know, I don't want to take that time, but they see this figure twice on the same road, mm -hmm. you know, seeing a Bigfoot once is, you know, odds make yeah, that's a that. trophy right there. put a, yeah. you know, put some bets in Vegas, mm -hmm. but to see it twice mm -hmm. on the same road. True. You know, it was very interesting. And I'm sitting here thinking that this lady was out on her own, you know, didn't have anybody else with her, you know, was out on foot, not in her vehicle. So happens to run into this thing twice. You know, I'm putting myself in the mindset, is this thing following her and keeping pace that maybe she's mm -hmm. not so lucky? Maybe it's, you know, right. pursuing maybe it's an observation of what her, she's right? doing and then sees that there's another one involved and uh, who knows? That one just, it gets me. And then the other ones of where, you know, people are camping, you know, you get the wood knocks and the screams and, you know, I wonder... In those instances that if that's a uh, safety and numbers deal, you mm -hmm. know, if they were isolated, in, you know, single campers, would they have the same experiences? Not that I want to try it or test it by any means, but you have people out there very solo, very alone, and you get some strange feelings. And I think mm -hmm. even if you go back to, if you go to listen to our friend Sharon Legros show, Into the Fray, and she's talking to Derek Randalls and Derek's experience out there. Uh, you know, in the woods, that's that was a frightening experience. I wouldn't sure want to go is. with, you know, right. I wouldn't want to have, and I've had my own experience, but I was with others. I couldn't mm -hmm. imagine having an experience like his, where he's hearing those sounds and, you know, almost like that bluff charge, uh, right, coming down the mountainside, right? Yeah, right. like I don't know if I would exactly want to be able to experience that. Or now I'm going even one step further. Would I survive that? Mm -hmm. Would I be one of those people that have now end up on the side of the you know milk carton or the proverbial right. proverbial poster in the post office, you know? Which is an interesting thing when you bring that up because when you are sharing the story of your experience, and I'm speaking of whoever is sharing their experience, yeah. When you're telling the story via podcast or, or newspaper article, whatever, it has a definitive end. And you are alive to tell the story. But when it's happening to you in real time, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. No. And when you're no. hearing a bluff charge coming down a mountain at you that sounds like a bulldozer and elephants, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And the terror factor, you know, is skyrocketed. You don't know if you'll ever be able to share that story. And there's it? probably a number of cases where that story, that story has not been shared yeah. because... Of the demise that happened in the end of it. Well, before we fester on that thought for a few minutes, thanks, Vance. Faster. we got to step into our uh, our news break because it's already that time. Gone through no. that first part of the show. Folks, okay. you're listening to Sasquatch Experience here on YouTube, Facebook Live. You'll be catching this later through your favorite podcast uh, distributor. We prefer Spotify. Mm. Cheap plug. Folks, you can find us, Sasquatch Experience, on Facebook or Instagram, Squatch EXP on Twitter. And for as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe and support us over at our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sasquatch Experience. Folks, I'm Sean Forker. We'll be back right after the break. We got Vance Nesbitt taking us in to the strange, stranger than fiction news. Catch you in five. <laughs> Yes, it's the Stranger Than Fiction news and stories brought to you by some funny-looking soaps and shampoos from Dr. Squatch. 
Visit Dr. Squatch for some amazing savings. And buy some shapely men over at the Sasquatch Experience. You can become part of the experience for as little as $2 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Sasquatch Experience. And now page one. Back in April of 2017, Jacob Gray rode his bicycle during a rainstorm into Washington State's Olympic National Park and vanished. The 22-year-old's bike and camping gear were discovered near the Soul Duck River, but otherwise there was no trace of him. Several months of search and rescue missions uncovered nothing. According to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, more than 600,000 persons go missing in the United States every year. Anywhere between 89 and 92 percent of those missing people are recovered every year, either alive or deceased. But how many of those disappear in the wild is unclear. Neither the Department of the Interior, which oversees the National Park Service, or the Department of Agriculture, U.S. Forest Services, keeps track. Strangely, the most reliable info on missing people in the wild comes from Bigfoot hunters. In 2011, David Polites, founder of the North American Bigfoot Search, launched a database of wildland disappearances that occurred under mysterious circumstances. From his research, there are at least 1,600 people, give or take, currently missing in the wild somewhere in the United States. Now most people, according to his data, disappear in the late afternoon and during or just before severe weather. Bodies are often found in previously searched areas, and often without clothing or footwear, even when hypothermia has been ruled out. During the last stages of hypothermia, though, people often feel hot and remove their clothing. Children are sometimes found at improbably far distances from where they went missing. The biggest obstacle to getting any information about missing people in the wild, according to David Polites, is the National Park Service's red tape. He speculates that the Park Service conceals the true data on how and where people disappear and how many have actually been found because it would shock the public so badly that visitor numbers would probably drop off. The National Park Service certainly doesn't advertise that there are dozens of still-missing visitors in the Grand Canyon or Yosemite, and the county sheriff isn't going to put missing person on his re-election poster. Now the odds of locating Jacob Gray were beyond finding a needle in a haystack. Despite a several-month coordinated effort by hundreds of park rangers, local police, and volunteers, they have found no trace of him. But Randy Gray, Jacob's father, wasn't about to give up so easily. A 63-year-old house builder from Santa Cruz, California, he went on to liquidate his entire world in order to find his son. He sold his house and shuttered his successful contracting business. Loading up an Arctic Fox slide-in camper with food and gear, Randy invited Polites to join him as he set out for Washington. And probably the most disturbing in the editorial here is that national parks like Yosemite operate almost as sovereign states. When somebody goes missing in the territory, they're not inclined to seek help from outside government agencies. It would kind of like be the United States asking Mexico for COVID-19 ventilators. There's pride at stake and egos and not to mention budgets. A virus is just as invisible as a missing person. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Stranger Than Fiction News and Stories to wrap up our season of The Missing. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. And thank you, Vance. I consider myself a shapely 
uh, person. <laughs> I knew you'd I really come back with that. Uh, I kind of oh, that, that was the way I was going to come out of that break. You know that. Thanks okay. for the news, Vance. You well, know, you, we talk about, uh, you know, Randy Gray. And, and honestly, the book, The Cold Vanish, mm-hmm. uh, a hell of a good book. James and I actually listened to it on the way back from uh, the uh, Hocking Hills Bigfoot Conference. It was written by John Billman. And mm-hmm. you can get a copy of it on Amazon, anywhere you get books. It's, it's worth the read. Because really, I mean, it talks about a couple different cases, but really focuses on the Jacob Gray disappearance. It's actually right. recommended to me by Mark Madsky. Right. Uh, and it does reference Derek Randall's in there. And, you know, the desperation that Randy went through to find his son. Mm-hmm. And rightfully Like any so. parent. And rightfully so. But, I mean, you, you're right. The man liquidated his life. Everything he... Yep. You know, put it into that Arctic fox, and uh... mm-hmm. it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You know, went went on his way. You know, stayed at the Bigfoot Bar out there a few times and, you know, worked with Derek Randalls, followed up on psychics that told him that he was living with a family of Bigfoot. And, uh, you know, as crazy as some of those things seem, when you're desperate to find your kid, your son... You know, what lead, would you not follow up on that lead if it was a lead, no matter how fantastic it was? You know, the typical part of the case is all his belongings were discovered. Yeah. But he wasn't. No. The bicycle bicycle and everything. campsite, yeah, it was all intact, and and they found that, but he's nowhere to be found. It, It seems very nefarious to me. Well, they did find his body. Yeah. Yeah, he he yeah, was he yeah, was found, he was found years later. Actually, right, I think right, right. No, you're right. And uh, well, it was found. It wasn't found years later. I thought it was found like within like the year, because the father wouldn't go anywhere. Like the father yeah. shut down everything, bought a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. Like I, as a father myself, you know, my son's right here. My youngest son, my 11-year-old, there's his hand, uh, you know, sitting here with me listening to this show tonight. And, you know, if something happened to him and he went missing, I'd I'd do everything I could, too, to find him. Sure. You know, I don't think there's a thing that I wouldn't uh, consider uh, a lead-wise lead to try to locate one of my kids. And mm-hmm. uh, when you read the book, you really go through mm-hmm. the anguish. And, like, even the authors, like, I think at some point tries to break through to them and, like, man, you're, you know maybe you shouldn't do so much of this. And it's like, well, tough shit. That's my kid. I, I got to do whatever right. I can. Right. And it really took its toll on him. I don't know. Is Randy still alive? 
I believe so. Randy Gray? Yeah, I believe so. If there's um, somebody that should get a medal, it should be that man, let me tell yeah. you. Well, you know, this all goes back to what my point was earlier, that um, which I brought up in the editorial, is that you know the national park system acts as a sovereign nation and doesn't take outside help, um, A, for ego reasons, and B, it's a monetary thing. They really don't want this publicized because, yeah, I can see that, you know, a lot of visitation to the national parks would probably drop off dramatically if the numbers were made public as to how many people are going missing in a very mysterious circumstance. And again, we don't know exactly what transpired with Jacob Gray. We don't know if it was just an accident. But then again... Why are all your belongings discovered in one spot and your body is not? That's what I that's what I find. Well, and again, we could go into 42 different, uh, you know, hypothesis as to what could have, you know, transpired in scenarios and run them through our head. But, you know, how do we start connecting this to Bigfoot? Mm-hmm. Right? Jacob Gray aside, because we know that ended tragically, but potentially nothing involved in that scenario. You know, consider this. How many reports are there out there of hunters feeling like they're being stalked or people being stalked through the woods uh, by these beings? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that uncommon. Right. Uh, you know, from vocalizations to, uh, you know, rock throwings to tree knockings. Like, mm-hmm. there's always a time at some point they make these things, they make themselves apparent doesn't always have to be at night, folks. A lot of these reports right. I read happen during the day. Mm-hmm. In the afternoon, um, a lot of cases, yeah. sure. Particularly and a lot of in terms that region. that are used is uh, being paralleled. That's a very yeah. common term now in the Bigfoot community is being paralleled. Well, well you know, it happened to a case I investigated here in 2007. Mm-hmm. A lady living outside of Muncie was actually riding her bicycle and uh, felt she heard something walking on the ridge below her, mm-hmm. and she had rocks thrown at her. Thinking it was a kid, you know, she stopped to look and caught a glimpse of something running away from her that wasn't a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it followed her home. No, that's creepy. And then at uh, another instance, she noticed her garbage can was opened, and the garbage bag was physically picked up and removed, taken to another part of the property, and gone through. Mm-hmm. Not ripped open like a bear would have went through it, mm-hmm. picked right. up and went through by something. And I investigated that myself mm-hmm. and uh, still get the little goosebumps thinking about that one because right. of just the creepiness factor out of it. You know, you need an opposable thumb for that type of activity. It would seem yeah, and, anyway, you know, unfortunately you lose contact with the mm-hmm. witness, but I'm sure if she had ongoing things, she'd have stayed in contact, but, right. uh, or she moved one or the mm-hmm. other. I don't think she lives out there anymore, but something to consider see, again, in, in Pennsylvania. In a, in a circumstance like that, she didn't know what the outcome and the end story no. was going to be in this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not until the activity subsides that you start to share your story. And it's like, wow, that's a really interesting story. But when you're living it in, in real time, you don't know what the the end result is going to be. And that no. is the scare factor in scope. Henry, Henry, what's your thoughts on this, bud? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little delay. Henry. <clears throat> well, you know, I had a question. There we go. Sure. I had a bit of a question. Um, what happens when a, uh, somebody goes missing and it goes against the pattern. Let's say there's no boulder strewn field. Let's yeah. say there's no severe weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happens in that instance? I guess, you know, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to fit fully into the pattern for it to be accepted into the phenomena. Right, I think there's just a, I, and I think David Polites even said himself, there's no requisite to how many checks, uh, you know, on the list this thing has to, these right. sightings have to, you know, check off. It's just the fact that throughout many of these, 
there's mm-hmm. just many of these that are uh, that have all these similarities to them, I guess. Right. Well, it, David does break it down into, I believe it was 12 different yeah. categories of events that take place, but not all 12 have to be, like you said, Sean, have a check mark next to it in order for it to become part of it. If there's three out of that 12 that get a check mark, that makes it in the probability of something unusual or a phenomena that is happening. We just bring up the fact that in a lot of these cases, the check mark goes next to bad weather after the person goes missing and search and rescue is called in. And then they have yeah. to call it off due to weather. And that I have the profile more cases than not happening, but it doesn't happen in all cases. Yeah. No, we don't know. And let's just go through this list real quick, Vince, because I have it right here in front of me. Okay. My uh, missing 411 profile points there, Mm -hmm. if you can catch it on my handy-dandy notepad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Point of separation, right? That initial point where they become disconnected from the rest of the people or they become disappeared. Time of disappearance, most common mid to late afternoon. Oddly enough, in some of these areas, that's where a lot of these Bigfoot sightings happen around the same time, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, boulder fields right near water Mm -hmm. bad weather events rain snow something happens and kicks up not soon long after disability or illness Mm -hmm. canines cannot find scent or lose track quickly that one's really telling to me because we've seen search dogs in action james we know how how trained they are Mm -hmm. oh yeah Um, they end up being found in a previously searched area. Right. That one's got a little Todd C's, you know, catch to it there for right. the, our, our big, right. our alien friends, right. uh, missing clothes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes ultimately, uh, ultimately an unknown cause of death. Right. Right. No. And it's an interesting checklist. Yeah. And I'll go back to what your point was, too, with the scent dogs. Um, Again, it is a remarkable training feat for these dogs. And, of course, you're not just grabbing any kind of shit zoo. No, not at all. Or chihuahua. No, these You're really not. Yeah. You know, the bloodhound is probably the most prominent one to be able to pick up scent. But what would cause the scent to just vanish? it would seem, though, that the body would have had to have been picked up and carried away without the body leaving any scent on trees or on the ground. And when the dogs yeah. lose that scent, that, again, you know, I'm at a loss of words, but it seems like, you know, the body would have levitated off the ground and making any kind of contact with any physical presence on the ground to leave a scent behind and the dogs do you, would be able to pick it up. It's hit my face on my microphone again. Uh, you yeah. do uh, wonder though, from past interactions that we hear of dogs and Bigfoot, mm-hmm. that if they did come across the smell of that nature, would they even follow it? Right. Right. You know, given that they have that almost genetically wired alarm mm-hmm. system built into mm-hmm. it, would they even follow that scent? Right. So maybe it's the fact that they can't find the scent. Maybe it's the fact they're just not gonna. Yeah, you know, and I, I had the thought the other night that uh, the relationship between a Bigfoot and dogs, because so many cases of dogs are either hiding under the porch, they're they're terrified, and those dogs, just like in our 911 opening segment, my dog went missing. The dog was broken off the chain. Uh, a dog won't break the leash or the chain on its own. It just doesn't have the strength. But when a dog is broken off its lead and is missing, you know, I, I don't know if these things use a dog as a meal or use it as a pet or use it for any other purpose. I have no idea, but there's so many cases. I mean, there's a handfuls of cases Sorry. where the dogs go missing. You know. but mm-hmm. a dog in general won't leave won't won't uh 
try to break the chain unless something's causing them distress. Right. You know, like you can't, like you chain a dog to, you chain a dog in the backyard and they do whatever they need to do. And when the chain ends, they're like, okay, that's my perimeter and da da da. But -hmm. like, honestly, like from having a dog, like my dog has wrapped his train across the tree three or four times. And instead of trying to pull on anymore, he just waits till somebody frees him. They only really would want to break a chain if something's distressing them. Right. No, that's a good, that's a really good point too, James. Or if something broke the chain, you know, I'm not going to jump into that, but you know, something broke the chain to take the dog with it. And we've known of cases, we've talked about them on here where a bipedal creature is walking with a canine, including the, you know, seven shoots photo, which looks like if this thing's holding a dog, I I don't know if that's the case. I've never proven that one way or another, but it's, kind of peculiar yeah i don't know it just adds more mystery to this you know you you, you look into these cases like i said the 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 activities that get to me really become those of the hunters being stalked you know repeat contact with these beings when you are in the woods uh which isn't uncommon as you would think it is Mm mm-hmm you know, these stalking scenarios, and I don't want to say more so now than before. Actually, I think you used to get a lot of these stalking scenarios in the older from the older reports. Uh, and I think it's just because people were paying more attention. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know, now when you go out into the woods, you got your damn iPhone with you. You're taking pictures and selfies. Mm-hmm. You're not really out there with the express interest of being one with nature or really enjoying it. Uh, It's more of a social media activity, right, than it is a, uh, you know, hell, even our friends going out there making these documentaries, you're going out there with the purpose of filming Bigfoot. And by the time you're done dicking around with your equipment and everything, you could have missed the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay, which brings me to a point that I would put out there publicly for anybody. If, and I brought this up to you, Sean, a couple days ago, if and when you do record something in a video format whether it is good or bad but it is mysterious however please don't send it off and add music to it don't do it, it you bastards very much like you're trying to hide something you put i will music punch you in the face yeah you put music under the background of this video and it just takes away all the authenticity of it to begin with there's just no need for it if it's real just leave it be as it is and let the researchers and and curious minds take a look at it and give their opinions. Well, that you're <laughs> silencing the audio. You could be suppressing some interesting information from that video. Sure, absolutely. Good or Bird bad, you know, Steve Cole's squirrels chirping, whatever. That that's very important to what might be transpiring in the video. But no, you had to ruin it and put music in there. Yeah, our friend also, Steve Coles did a whole episode last night or the night last week, maybe I don't know. It was a recent episode. Sorry, Steve, mm-hmm. I got it wrong. Uh, about you know the people's behavior that are actually taking the video and how you're able to identify their behavior if they're a hoax or not. And sometimes Mm -hmm. those subtleties in their behavior are obscured by the stupid music or other attributes of the video because you're not paying attention. Right. Right. You're just distracting more and more from the the content of the video. So I Mm -hmm. thought that was a good video to put out there. Right. Uh, So good job, Steve, always educating us on the. Just, just, just leave the material alone, leave it raw and and, and let us take a look at it. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause, their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Don't don't zoom it in, zoom it out, cut it up, whatever. If it's a five minute clip, give the whole five minutes. Mm-hmm. Let them rip it up as they wish. They're like well, they should notice when you turned it on, and they should notice when the camera hit the ground. Right. <laughs> you know? No, I agree with you, Bake. Yeah, let the whole you thing play out, even if, if it's ten minutes it, of yep. nothing, and then there's something that happens at the end of the yep. ten minutes. So what? Yep. Let the whole thing play out because there might be some serious evidence in there just in audio yep but, even yeah, okay that's my commentary yeah. that's all yep. <laughs> just don't add music because there's some fascinating videos out there i shared one with you sean it's fascinating video it looks yeah. like this thing is digging around in the ground and stands up to walk off in the woods i'm like wow that's really cool but god darn it why is there music thrown in here i don't want to hear music i just want to see the raw footage It gives more authenticity to it, but when you put music in there, I have to agree with your sentiment, Sean. It seems like you're trying to hide something when you do that. Well, you are. You're doing something, and either way, you're taking away from the, uh, you know, the purpose of the video, right? The authenticity. Right. Right. Uh, I was trying to find some compelling stories from Washington State of you know missing people. To, to talk about, but the Jacob Gray one was the one I was kind of fixated, so I apologize we didn't go into a little bit more depth on that. Uh, but, you know, you do look at that map that they threw out there. You could find it on Reddit, uh, and I think somebody might have posted it in the Sasquatch Experience page on Facebook of mm-hmm. the underground cave systems that run, uh, you know, across the country and how odd it is that those hot spots line up mm-hmm. almost perfectly with these underground caverns. Mm-hmm. And then we do know up in Washington State, just to the geography, there are lava tubes and, you know, hidden dangers you could find yourselves subjecting to. I'm not saying, folks, that every missing person out in Washington State or anywhere has to be a Bigfoot. In fact, I'm kind of saying the opposite. I'm mm-hmm. trying to find a way to disprove that it has to be anything besides just either foul play or, or uh, by another human or, or an accidental, accident, right? right? right. But mm-hmm. the reality is, in these areas where they're missing them, sometimes there's also a high concentration of Bigfoot sightings. Right. You know, Washington State's the fourth largest state in the United States with uh, missing people. It's also the largest state with the most Bigfoot sightings, according to a database. Mm-hmm. So you put two and two together, you know, what do you come up with? Well, right. you know, oftentimes, some, as uncomfortable as it may be, we may want to look at the fact that, hey, hell, it, it could be something there. Right. But again, let's put predation into the whole aspect, too, that other animals would take a human for predation purposes. So if a bipedal creature exists, why wouldn't that fall into the same realm? It may well, very well. And I'm not saying that maybe they're being abducted for predation purposes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a curiosity thing. But if you have a mountain lion or a grizzly bear, or even a black bear, uh, to take out a human in a predation case, then a bipedal creature may be doing the same thing. And we'll go back to, you know, stories and lore of Gigantopithecus Blackie that had interactions with, you know, pre-humans for the same reason at least in lore anyway, I'm just going through historical readings, but it would seem as though this thing took an interest with humans in order for predation purposes. I don't know. 
So what separates a grizzly bear, maybe from its intelligence to a bipedal creature, that might be one thing. But if it's going to, you know, use a person as opportunistic as a target, why would not a bipedal creature look at his human as a very prospective type of target? July 1984. Mm-hmm. Clayton County, Washington, sighting by a school group on a summer field trip. Mm-hmm. That one's kind of frightening, right? right. All of a sudden, right. you've got school kids observing this thing. September right. 2004, family and friends hear late-night vocalization from their home near Lake Sutherland. Uh, 1977, camper experiences odd odors and sounds, feels presence. Oh, well, that's because Baker was there, and that's why. Well, just think about that. Feels presence. Right? Feel your presence. Right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Right. No, no. I get but it. But that one, that report in itself also references dog behavior. Mm-hmm. But then you go to August 2009, hikers have strange encounters and find human-like footprints in the Buckhorn Wilderness. Right. And that's one thing that we didn't bring up in this whole missing aspect is, you know, the physical evidence in these areas. It's not only witness encounters that have seen something but there's physical evidence left behind too primarily footprints so you have to throw that into the equation too and i think david polites does that without actually doing it well you got pierce county Mm -hmm. vance which is like in sort of the center almost like the center part of the state in a way i guess it's towards the coastal range more than the center it could be considered the center of the state i don't know i don't live in washington so you know Mm pennsylvania is a little different about what you consider things so i don't want to speak out of turn 81 reports in that in that county a lot of vocalizations man right and like just i and i and i searched through these just to get some idea lot of roadside a lot of road crossings a lot of vocalizations mm-hmm. uh young campers possible encounter in their tent september 2011 mm-hmm. like those are the ones that pique my interest more than vocalizations because you have predatory behavior right right like something if and if it was just one person just think mm-hmm. about that if you were just one person what would be the, what? What's the difference? You may end up on the other side of that list. That's right. why I'm a safety and numbers kind of guy. I don't right. believe in right. being alone, and I'm not trying to dissuade people from doing that. For God's sakes, though, if you are, follow David's rules and get yourself one of those locator beacons so mm-hmm. people can find your ass when you do get abducted. But right. uh, and, and what you brought up too here. with the vocalizations, there's a lot of recorded vocalizations from that area from a lot of these witnesses that had their iPhones or their whatever device they had uh, digital recorders that were actually recording this and again (laughs) it doesn't fall on the spectrum of a known animal yeah and and how do you how do you relate that Mm -hmm. well I guess we could wrap this episode up by saying we're no closer to solving this puzzle than we were when we started weeks ago uh, the more and more we look into it, the creepier it gets because the more we can start making connections. But there is a reality piece to this, right? The fact is, folks, people are missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 100 kids missing in the state of Washington. If you have any information that could help locate any of those missing children, contact mm-hmm. the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, missingkids.org, or call 24-7 hotline 1-800-843-5678. Once again, that number is 1-800-843-5678, missingkids.org. And the National Park Service, their investigative services branch, 1-888-653-0009. Once again, that's 1-888-653-0009. It can go to their website, nps.gov forward slash ISB. And that's where you can help uh, add some, you know, context for folks that may be, uh, right. you know, investigating some of these missing people's claims. Because there's a lot of them, guys. That's strange. Yeah. I guess yeah. before we sign off, did you guys watch any of the 
that new documentary on the History Channel the other night? No. Henry, I really did you don't watch that? Hear much about Bigfoot? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have some delay with Henry. I think. Did you watch it? I'm sorry. I'm watching Henry do like a Japanese commercial here. We're getting Henry. I, I did watch it and buy popcorn. I did watch the, the documentary and I found it to be just run of the mill, nothing earth shattering. Uh, Kathy mm-hmm. strain on there and Kathy always presents herself. Well, Dr. Meldrum, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. Bill Munns, who actually, Bill Munns, a year ago when we had that conversation back on Super NMRL, when we talked with John Johnson and the potential of him having the last, you know, the lost footage from the Patterson film mm-hmm. or the missing reel, uh, Bill Munns wanted to come on and give an alternate take. And I did say we'd do it and we never got back to it. Right. So maybe after we come back from the holiday break, we get Bill Munns on here and talk a little Patterson Gimlin. Not my favorite awesome. topic. But, no, but you know, still. you get experts on here to talk about these things yeah. makes it a little bit more fresh, right? And uh, and of course, Doctor Meldrum was on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Busy year for us next year. Two thousand twenty-two is going to be the year Sasquatch Experience goes on the road a little bit. Going to no. be at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. Going to be at the Great Smoky Mountain Bigfoot Conference. So right. actually going to have yeah. a nice sized table at the Smoky Mothman. Mountain Bigfoot Conference. Yeah, and, and I'm going to um, be on my patio for my patio conference and the Mothman Conference and then back on my patio yeah. conference. And yeah, no, I get We're going to be everywhere. But folks, this show only happens because of listeners like you, viewers like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can continue to support us by either listening to this show and the podcast, which if you're not a subscriber to our Patreon, you do have ads, but I apologize, it pays the bills. Or you can go to patreon.com forward slash Sasquatch Experience starting for $2 a month, as little as $2 a month. You can get the episodes ad-free. We post a lot of free content on there for our listeners. The uh, Sasquatch Experience caricature did come out that are getting mailed out to our experiencers. That's pretty cool. Uh, just a lot of things we got going on. We got a couple watch alongs on there that you can watch some of your favorite Bigfoot horror movies with us and get some very interesting off color commentary. Uh, yes, I saw uh Sasquatch. Ex- it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. Henry is stuck in a time warp because I think we're just no. now getting the time. Warp. <laughs> we're just now getting the answer to the question I asked five minutes ago. <laughs> So, wow, what a great Henry was folks. Henry was great before we went on the show tonight. I wish we could have got these technical difficulties worked out because he was a ball of energy before we came on the air. Now he's and, just a ball. And now he's just <laughs> stuck in oblivion. And of course, James Baker, his usual effervescent self, you know, if there's uh nature's uh, original laxative, <laughs> His name is James oh, Baker. Folks, geez. oh my God. No, thanks that's for tuning that's... in. Thank you. Uh, stay tuned to the Facebook for more information about our next show. I don't know if it'll be the next couple of weeks. It may not be till 2022, but Ooh. you really don't know if we're going to drop something special on you. Yeah, we'll stay drop tuned. something special. So, again, if you don't hear from us before, then have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a Happy Hanukkah, everything else you celebrate, a joyous Kwanzaa. If you mm-hmm. like it, we love it because we love Rock you. And we'll see you again soon, folks. Keep on squatching. And you all be safe. <laughs> You've been listening to Sasquatch Experience. Please rate and review wherever this podcast is. Henry got all pissed. Share your experience. Visit us on Facebook or email us squatchexperience at gmail.com. Keep on squatching. You've been listening to Sasquatch Experience. Please rate and review wherever this podcast is consumed. To share your experience, visit us on Facebook or email us, squatchexperience at gmail.com. Keep on squatching.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.